0: Hi, and thanks for downloading The Sun Ranto Show. You're listening to an ad-supported version of The Sun Ranto Show. If you want to hear The Sun Ranto Show early and ad-free, plus get access to our Discord along with many other perks, then please subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. It is only a dollar a month for all all those great things and access to the finest and oldest Cubs podcast on the planet. Please support us. Patreon.com slash Sonranto. You'll be happy you did. Here's the show, but with ads.
1: Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins, sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cup, be Sunrento, Michael Cotton, Sunrento, Michael Cotton, Sunrento, and the love of all Lucy. Luther's Golly, Michael, Sunrento, Cotton, Sunrento, and the love of all Lucy. Michael Cotton, Sunrento, Luther's Golly.
0: Michael?
2: Oh shit, the song was still going. Were you gonna say Sunranto at any point? I have I have a massive, massive lag going on. Apparently there. Well uh, go ahead, get let her rip. So Yeah.
0: it... Unfortunately, it doesn't work. You, you know, these days, uh, I think that Streamyard has a whole new situation where if you're too loud, it will just take you away. Uh, I, I don't get the full breadth of your screaming like I used to, Michael. It's uh, we might have to think of a new way to start this show. I don't know. Should we go back and start again?
2: Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Like, so I was still like listening to the theme song, and there was probably. 10 seconds left in the song and all of a sudden it cut off and Danny, you were there like, are you going to say, yeah. it? what are you and doing? Like, what the hell are you
0: talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a terrible start to the show. So we come <laughs> back in again. Um, Hey, uh, hashtag chance in the chat and you can win a Frank chance postcard sent to you by oh. me with a message of love and doom. That'll go on tonight. And, um, I sent a bunch of them out this week. So if you're expecting a chance postcard, you're going to get a chance postcard. And uh, the Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by 117 Patreon supporters, three of which of you are trial members. Thank you for joining on uh, trial memberships. That means that you can join on for free. See if you like being a part of the Sun Ranto Show. And then if you do, then you can stay on. That's what a trial membership is. So join us there, patreon.com slash sunranto. Also, Blake Beard's tickets at the Blake Beard on Twitter. Rogue Wave Creative for your branding, graphic, and web design needs. And guess what Lawrence is sending me in the mail as we speak from Rogue Wave Creative? What's that? five X jerseys that we're going to be giving away for the person who gets the fattest <laughs> right. during the holidays. It is a contest for the largest of our Sud ranters. ranchers.
2: You know, it's a great idea because in the winter it gets so cold and you're like, well, I can't wear my jerseys. I can't wear my cub stuff because that's all summer stuff. But when you get your five X Jersey, you can put that over all the warm shit you have. Yeah. You just put that right on. And you're, you got like, A full-on, you know, what is Adirondack coat or whatever they're called underneath? Exactly, it's
0: like North Face. We're we're gonna we're gonna be the number one hip hop coat, and it's just gonna be five X jerseys. So, North Face, baby. Also, Cubs PS Plus podcast sponsors this show. Mike Waller will be along later in the p- end of the show to talk about something he said on his show, the Cubs PS Plus podcast. I thought it was interesting. I thought we should delve into it, and I wanted more opinions on this sort of thing. And I know that you have lots of choices in what to watch tonight. Um, I do realize the ALCS, they are playing real baseball right now, Astros versus, Astros versus Rangers. But um, I don't know. We're more fun.
3: The and, AL ball, and do we really want to watch like a, a geriatric old man with a burned-up shoulder who hasn't pitched in a month get lit up by the Houston Astros? Aren't
0: Tucker Barnhart's on that team now.
3: Unfortunately, <laughs> it's Max Scherzer. Ah,
0: I get those guys mixed up these
3: days.
2: I will say the the AL series is it's boring, like it's boring. You know the the NL you have one shit team. And one, like half a Cubs roster, just belting home runs. I can get into that. I don't care about the other one. So,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. I think everybody's a Phillies fan that's a Cubs fan just because, you know, Schwarbees, Nick the Stick,
2: yeah, um, Kimbrill. And, and, of course, we are all very tied to Bryce Harper despite him never actually becoming a Cub. Man, we really thought he was going to be for a little while.
0: He named his dog Wrigley. Yep. So uh what's everybody drinking tonight? See, see there's a giant head on your beer, IFG with the Yeah,
3: it's it's pretty foamy. Uh it I've been good. Getting, I've been getting into these uh fresh hop beers which uh Oh, you, those you, are if, good. Yeah, if you live somewhere where uh like microbreweries happen, uh this is where they like pick the hops and then like 10 minutes later they're brewing beer with it. Uh, and you can like just taste the whole farm in it. So this one here is from Future Primitive, right here in Seattle, and uh, this one is called Centennials for Millennials, uh, which is a wet uh. hop IPA. Check out the flying rat. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. With flying rat.
0: That's, the, that's my worst nightmare. Is She's a flying, flying freaking rat. Like, this is not going to sell me a beer. First of all, I'm Gen X, so I can't drink it anyway. It's not for me. Second of all, flying rats, that's not being like, that's not giving me a lot of, like, you know, confidence that it thinks this thing's going to taste good.
3: Well, it is made with uh, fresh, wet, freshly picked Centennial hops from Loza Farms right here in Wapato, uh, Washington, which is in Yakima County right there by the Indian Reservation. And it's uh, it's really delicious.
0: Uh, Blue Dabs, Blue Dabs 420 writes in, why it always got to be drinking, effing lushes. fire up the bogs, amen brother, I've got my, I got some tea right here, it's uh, in my IVNV mug, yerba mate, and I'm firing up my little pipa here, otherwise known as a bombilla.
2: I'll, I'll tell you Blue Dabs, because if I, A, I don't smoke anything anymore, they have edibles for that kind of thing. And B, if I were to take one, it would be the most boring me you ever see. Like, I just sit there. I don't say anything. And every so often I laugh, but it's not about anything that's happening. It's just me finding something funny in my own brain.
0: I was going to say, do we really need Michael Cotton to talk slower, everybody? Like, I don't (laughs) think we need this. Like, by the end of the show, he's just asleep on the desk every now and again. He says a line from a cop show he saw once. Like, no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we do you not need this you don't want
2: it and yeah. the worst part is it lasts for like eight hours for me i can't i can't even deal by the time i'm done so but, let, uh, okay, what are drinking, you drinking i'm drinking a dual citizen from uh saint paul minnesota it's a river brown and cincinnati right no saint paul minnesota mm. river yeah so but not, i'm also i don't
0: know what i'm talking about well it's yeah, you double fisting?
2: No, this is, I poured it I into see, my Chicago cubs. Vintage two thousand three NL too close Central to the, Division. Too champs. close to the camera. We can't read that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: I can't. It's the light is yeah. right there. But uh, yeah, so it's my my uh, two thousand three NL Central Division champs glass because it's the as unfortunately we all had to hear again this week I thought we were done I I seriously thought the whole fucking Bartman thing was just gone and we didn't ever have to think about it again and this week Paul Sullivan writes a thing everybody wants to write about oh it's the 20th anniversary of the time Chicago was the worst city in the world to one guy who didn't fucking deserve it like it was fucking horrible
0: hey it's clicks baby Click. Same re- same reason I wrote a song about it that we're going to end this show with tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Something like this. I'll give you a take. Damn Bartman, it was all his fault. Never <laughs> That's all you get. Um. So the last time we did a show, this was the first time in Cubs history that there was ever an earthquake on a Cubs podcast. Take take a look at this. One through two, and the winner is number one. Take a look at IFT in the, the corner. What's going on? uh, (laughs) (laughs) So you felt that shit.
3: It was the weirdest thing. I've never. Okay, so I'm I'm from like Hurricane Country. I have been through tornadoes. I have driven through downtown Tampa in a flood. Like I'm here for your like everything that Mother Nature wants to attack me with. But I had never been in an earthquake before. And, uh, so I'm like sitting here in my car because I was at a, like a family thing and I was like, oh, well, it's podcast time. I'm going to go sit out in the car and do that. And the car starts shaking and I'm like, what's going Is there like somebody in the neighborhood? Like, it's the kind of neighborhood where like, you know, people wander around and I'm like, okay. So there are like kids jumping on the trunk of the car. I'm looking around. There's no kids. I'm like, what's going to happen? Am I going to end up with like hook hand hanging from my, rear- <laughs> from my door? Like... Scary stories to tell in the dark kind of stuff going on. No. I go in the house after the podcast is over, they go, Did you feel the earthquake? Did you feel it? Did you feel it? I'm like, oh.
0: That's <laughs> what that was. Here, I got a I got a better angle of it here. This is a the close-up. So, and I- the winner is number one. Number Ooh. one is the winner. And that corresponds what the hell? to uh the odd ot- <laughs> I, I love the end when you're like meh.
2: <laughs> <I know>. guess <laughs> it was, I guess was ghost ahead, you know, whatever. Time, it's, it's the same it's that reminded me of uh wasn't a show we had to watch in like high school about drunk driving, like I guess it was a raccoon. And they, like, ran over a family. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> And the kids were like, ah, I guess it was just a raccoon. <laughs> well, it's good to know that in,
0: like, if, if the chips are down and there's a natural disaster happening, IFG is just going to shrug it off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've been worse.
0: <laughs> I've been through earthquakes. But um, well, anyway, that was the first time that ever happened in in Cubs history. But um, and then you, and then you had an earthquake of a, of a week. Uh, what happened? Uh, we all know the thing that happened with Bryce Harper. Uh, I mean, do you want to set this up for us uh, of what happened, the backstory of what happened with Bryce Harper? Yeah, and I mean, the Braves and
3: sure. If if y'all have been living under a rock uh, during this this playoff season or or taking a break from baseball. Um, You know, there's always some point where somebody's going to run their mouth and get themselves in trouble for it. And this time it was Alana Rizzo. Um, She is uh, on MLB Network, if you're one of the five people who watch that channel anymore. Um, (laughs) And she had some comments to make that she felt needed to be out there uh, about uh, Jake Mintz, who... You know, if y'all are on uh, baseball Twitter, you know him as one half of uh, as Barbecue. And uh, here's what she had to say about him. And then some jack-off comes in at the end of the season that gets a credential, God only knows why. And take, the clubhouse is a sacred space. And I remember, I've been in clubhouses for the last 16, 17 years. I remember I would go in there, get my job done, and get out. (laughs) I remember quite a bit about Alana Rizzo's time, uh, working in baseball clubhouses, but regardless, uh, she was soundly shut down by everybody who's ever, you know, watched baseball news. Um, she was, you know, dragged by the press and whatnot, and, uh, eventually publicly apologized, uh, to Jake Mintz for, the things that she said, of course, I'm incapable of keeping my mouth shut about anything and posted a little bit of something on uh, baseball Twitter or on my Twitter account at infield fly girl. And, uh, it got a little bit of attention on, uh, six, uh, on, on the score on the, uh, Lawrence Holmes and, 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 and Bernstein or Ber- what is it now? Bernstein and Holmes. They keep changing the names of things. Bernstein and Holmes. That's it. And, uh, here
4: we go. I will say that inside of this story, like watching the reaction on Twitter, I love when something like this happens where you see someone tweet something clever or prescient and you go, oh, let me check that person's profile. And you go, oh, that person follows me. And and that happened with this story. I kept laughing at all the stuff that infield fly girl was tweeting about the Alana Rizzo situation. I was like, oh, she follows me. So immediately got a follow back because there was some really cool, creative stuff there. I followed her too. Yeah, that's and that's funny. fun. And that's that's how we can broaden our circle of influence when it comes to where we get baseball information and where we get thoughts and takes and, and opinions on what's going on in baseball from.
5: That's Lawrence. That's
0: cool. And Lawrence Holmes is a really cool guy. And I'm glad that you are in his purview right now because he should be listening to people like you. Like, you know, I agree. (laughs) You should be (laughs) in people's purview. That's why, you know, I love having you on this
2: show. And it's so cool that that happened. Absolutely. And I I just love that, uh, IFG, You're, you're coming with the receipts because Alana Rizzo out there. With coming in with their hot takes, forgetting that she had, uh, you know, just the exact words that she was saying, jack off, oh, yeah. credentialed in the clubhouse for God knows why, all these things, mm-hmm. and like, with yeah,
3: and and like I, right I said on there, Twitter. Like I said on Twitter, Jake Mintz went in there and pulled a quote. She went in and pulled somebody's whole entire husband.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was just fierce as hell. It needed to be highlighted as an early TFC of the show. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's so good. And, I mean, we're out here saying shit all the time. But, honestly, like, it's been a while since I think I've said something that fucking absolutely, like, not paying attention to who I am. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like at some point, you're going to hear me say, like, the DH is awesome, and fucking everybody needs to kill me when they hear me say it, because (laughs) I don't think it's going to happen, but if it does, I mean... Come for me.
0: Well, the whole thing, it just kind of got blown up, and it's partly just Braves Twitter being terrible crybabies in their whole situation. Like, if that's they're cool. going to blame the fact that they set off Bryce Harper and that's why he hit all those home runs against them and and slammed them out of the playoffs, you got bigger problems with how you're playing the game if, if that's that what's going to – throw you out of the the playoffs and so it that's ridiculous and we
2: didn't even talk about it it's not even it wasn't even trash talk no it was, was nothing he said attaboy it harper a, you know it's not even. harper i saw a guy in the front row of the nlcs wearing attaboy harper on his shirt. they have those now it's not even like you can't get in trouble for that like, it's also it's
0: nothing. It's also, like, hilarious because Harper just did nothing but tear them to shreds and continue to hit and hit and hit. Um, and now he is still doing that.
3: I mean, well, just, and that was an I amazing personally, threat. you know, look, I, I have been known to to run my mouth in ways that I probably wouldn't want repeated in polite company. But when I do that, I make sure that there aren't literally dozens of reporters with cameras and microphones and stuff standing around me whose job it is to report on the things that I'm saying.
0: Right. All well, my hot.
3: If I did, I would be like, oops, my bad, I got caught. Well, I'm yeah,
2: <laughs> sure he probably didn't even think anything of it. Because he's thinking to himself, yeah, I was saying, attaboy, a boy Harper. Like he thought it was funny. He didn't care. It wasn't until and they made I a don't thing. Know, they made a thing, yeah. Fake
0: news. Hashtag fake news. Speaking of hashtag fake news, uh, um, well, either way, I, IFG, I'm, I'm happy you had the best week ever of, of all the ranters. That's just was, really cool.
3: It was a little wild. <laughs> I, had a, I was I was getting people, like, DMing me, like, hey, they're talking about you on the radio. Oh, man, it was fun. And and,
0: and, and, it, and it was for something good this time, not because you were involved in a car chase, which is yeah. – that's always good when you're not in a police chase. But speaking of more fake news, that was fake news, by the way, too. But uh, Ricketts wrote everybody a letter. Tom Ricketts just wrote us a letter. And um it was the same old bullshit, so I'm not going to bore you with any of it except for one – Piece of bullshit, and I see if I can find it here. It's really one paragraph that I want to highlight, which is um, over the long term, the key to winning championships is consistently competing for a place in the postseason. While baseball playoffs are not random events, they do allow all teams a reasonable chance of winning. Reasonable is the word I want to point out there. <laughs> you have a team that can play October baseball on a regular, I'll highlight the word regular as well, basis. It is critical we draft and develop. Oh, God, we're never signing anybody, are we? Draft and develop a pipeline of young and talented players. And then he talked about how he watched Dunstead, Grace, and Sandberg from the bleachers, which Michael pointed out before the show, what wonderful years those were
2: for yeah, the they, Cubs. There was only one season. It was 1989. That was the only time that those three guys were on an actual good team. Like, that was it. So, the entire rest of the time that those three guys were together was not good. So, I don't know what he's talking about. I Look, I don't know. He, he needs to stick to what he's good at and that's chatting up chicks in the bleachers because <laughs> it worked out for him. He got a wife out of it. You know, maybe he just needs to go back to doing that
0: do you think that uh ricketts is a big kid rock fan because i all i could think about 1989 was like it was 1989 my thoughts were short my hair was long you know that all summer log like you know that ricketts like jams in his mercedes
2: to kid rock and thinks he's cool
0: danny
3: what, what would are we you have- lost
2: it's taylor swift her whole album's called 1989 Come on, man.
0: Because she was born then, though. Not because yeah, no. she was partying in the bleachers then. <laughs> but, um, hey, I think our ratings just went up because you mentioned Taylor Swift. So that's good. Hey. <laughs> we just got to do her.
3: So, like, not serious question, but also a little bit serious question, but also not because it's not going to happen. But also, how do we get Kim in?
2: Oh, God. I don't know. I absolutely, so that was a, another big story this week and Kim Ng is out in Miami. Now, uh, you see a lot of people say that she's fired, right? She was not fired. The The deal was that they were trying to hire somebody in to put above her. like So, respect, here, no. and they wanted somebody above her to watch what she was doing or something? Because I, all she did was make the playoffs with a crap
0: team yeah this is a team that wasn't really high in playoffs had a lot of young players they had good pitching but they developed that before she probably even got there and so the, are you saying that it would be like the equivalent as if somebody they hired somebody to be higher than jed yes like if they brought theo back and it was like jed you're down here and carter you're doing that now and the and i agree in uh Sorry, here's a comment. I want Kim Ng worse than anything in the world. I want to see what she could do with the real payroll. Yeah, that would be great because I can guarantee you that because she is a woman that made it to the highest ranks of an old boys club, that she is more uh, more talented than all of
3: them. You have to be. Because there are so many people who get this job because their qualification is a friend of the person who's hiring, who's making the hiring decisions. Jed fucking Boyer. That's how he, where he's at. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She's, she's awesome. And damn it. I would so much rather be dealing with her.
2: So if people don't know this resume that, uh, IFG is talking about, uh, she, she actually came out of the University of Chicago. She started with the White Sox. She got picked up by the Yankees. She, has been with, uh, she was an assistant GM with the Red Sox. She was with the Dodgers. So she's literally been with the largest teams in the biggest markets in this sport. Uh, and then she went to Miami where she finally got her shot to put her stamp on a team. Yep. And she did it with a bunch of young guys and a small payroll. Yep. Because you didn't have a lot to work with. Now, you want to know why we need to that? It's because Jed Hoyer doesn't understand what he's doing. And she was able to look at her uh her minor league, her minor league system and just go, Oh, huh. Are we losing these? Teams? Okay. We're looking at the league system. She brings them up and they do well. She knows how to play players, which I don't think they can do that in the Cubs front office right now. I don't think they have that ability. Yeah.
0: And uh, well, and here's more evidence of not having that ability. They get rid of Craig Driver, they get rid of Chris Young, which fine. You want to switch things up, you got some new idea how you want to do things, you're gonna bring in some new people. Great. But it doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence when you're building something and some of the people that you've been building it with, you're saying that that wasn't good enough. Which When you fire somebody, it's saying that you made a mistake and you want to get somebody else in there. So you're telling me you made a mistake, but the same people that made the mistake of hiring the people that were a mistake are still in charge of hiring the people and so they can make another mistake. Yeah. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> totally so I don't know so what else to say about that. And we might lose Craig Breslow who actually does evidence-based, uh, you know, for the, the Cubs seem to know what the hell he's doing and seem to be one of the only people because we've seen some of this young pitching come through. And I think he's been a large part of uh, uh, being an architect of that um, real quick news in something that you already thought had happened. Edwin Rios no longer a cub. I saw that information the other day.
2: Go
3: with Edwin. You God's know what? I,
2: every time I saw the Iowa Cubs play this year, and he'd pop up on the screen, I only saw it a few times. Every single time, though, I, I was always like, is that the same Edwin Rios? He's Edwin Rios, and he sits upon the bench. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, now I wish he was a Cub still, because now I thought of a great parody song to write him well maybe <laughs> we'll have him on the show and i'll get to write it uh what else in the, this first part notes oh the playoffs so far we haven't even talked about them, but i mean we were talking a little bit before uh, the phillies we're all just going for the phillies at this point because they've got a bunch of cubs on them um who do you like in the al
2: nobody
3: i don't
0: yeah
3: <laughs> i mean like like rangers over astros just because i'm sick of looking at the astros in the playoffs Um, but also there's like creed and the fact that the Rangers are the only team in all of baseball that doesn't host a pride night. So like, I just kind of hope both teams lose.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, by the time they, they got to the final four here, my decision was made for me. I didn't make a decision. I didn't say, Oh, well, I really want the Phillies to win. It's just that I hate Texas teams and I hate Arizona teams, Like just across the board, all of them. I don't want to have anything to do with them. So, Yeah, the
0: worst thing about the postseason usually is when your team's not in it, it's terrible because all the teams you hate are in it. And they're winning, like the Yankees or something like that, you know. It's always some horrible team that's winning. Uh, Astros, for example. And then uh, the – The last thing I want to talk about in this part of the segment, and then we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're uh, going to bring on uh, Brian and Mike to talk about uh, how teams are built so we can continue this conversation uh, in terms of the teams that are in the playoffs right now. But um, LIDAM is starting, which is the Dominican League Baseball, and it starts tomorrow.
3: I'm so excited.
0: Take it away, IFG. Tell us all about it, will you?
3: It's really exciting. So, um, yeah, it's I call it there is no off-season news um, because there is no off-season. You can watch baseball all year round. You don't have to give it up. Um, so, on it starts uh, tomorrow. You can watch it on the MLB TV app just like you do uh, baseball that is not in your
2: that see, uh, that's blackout
3: area um, all year round. That, right? uh, no, 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 no. This is like the third year they've had it on MLB TV. Or maybe second year. Yeah, second. Year? I or think
2: the MLB is so good at promoting what they have on their app. I had no idea. I seriously thought this was a brand new thing. I, I was excited this year, and now you're telling me I could have watched it last year and maybe the year before. Kind of.
3: Yeah. Um. So I I used to subscribe when it was a, a standalone app. It was like. 30 bucks for the year or something, 40 bucks for the year. Pretty or wonky
0: like. app. Too. Um,
3: it was a, yeah, it was a very wonky app, but at least like you could watch it on a delay. Like you could like come home from work and then watch the games. But anyway, they're all, um, they're in Dominican time. So whatever you see as the time, if you follow like the teams on Twitter uh, and you're looking at their schedule, it's an hour ahead of Eastern standard time. Um, <clears throat> all of that being said, uh The games are live on MLB TV. You can't watch them on, an, on demand or on delay, so you have to catch them when they're live. You just, like, log into the app on your TV like you normally would, and they will be there if there's a game on. I have the first week's schedule here. If you are watching, you want to screenshot it, whatever you want to do. Um, opening day. So, the 19th, you're going to have the Toros versus the Estrellas, uh, the Gigantes versus the Aguilas, and uh, the Yones de Escajido versus the Tigres de Lisi, So, we got some lions versus tigers going on. Nice. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We've got a bunch of uh, Cubs in. Uh, on my favorite team, the Aguila Uh Both Morel brothers will be there, Christopher and Rafael. Alexander Canario will be there. Uh is going to be in the bullpen. Uh, Starling Castro, if you're into that sort of thing. And <laughs> um, we have a couple of our prospects uh, just got drafted to the Tigres de Licey as well, who are like the you know like the the Aguilas and the and the Tigres de Lice are the um like oldest teams in Lidam. they've been going head to head in the Dominican series since the damn beginning of time like over 100 years and it uh yeah i will absolutely post all of this information in the discord uh i hope that i'll be able to uh, tune in and watch the game in real time looks like it's going to be at uh, 7:30 p.m. Uh The first games will be starting, so that'll be 6 p.m. Eastern time, so like 3:30 my time over here in the Pacific. And yeah, um, any other questions? What, what we, we should
0: we- throw we'll th- we'll throw some game watches for the super ranters. So make sure yeah. you join onto the Patreon. And get
2: another get into
0: reason.
2: Yeah. yeah, yet another reason because yeah. a lot of these things will just pass you by. You won't think about it, but. We will try to keep up on this and at least post, hey, games coming up, you know, so that you know when the games are coming. And yep. like Danny said, have some game watches and do some stuff like that in the off season because that's what it's all about. It's all, it's all about the community. It's all of us hanging out, talking baseball. It's fun.
0: And that is the perfect setup to play you a commercial for Patreon. And then we'll be right back with Mike and Brian and us. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a Super Ranter at patreon.com slash sonranto where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball oligarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sunranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts. Plus, eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sunranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a Super Ranter today.
6: Do you ever find yourself longing for long walks and talks about catcher metrics? How about a coffee or a run differential? Maybe a candlelit dinner, dissecting what exactly is the curious case of Miles Mastroboni? If you have, I have just the place for you, the Cubs PS Plus podcast. Come join us. Cubs PS Plus, the Side numbers game, can be found wherever it is you get your podcasts. And on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, all at Cubs PS Plus, a spin on the baseball metric OPS Plus. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go.
0: And here we go. Hashtag chance in the chat. And you can win a Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me. And uh, the voice you just heard was that of Mike Waller from the Cubs PS Plus podcast. And I asked him to come on the, the show tonight to uh, have a conversation. So here he is, Mike Waller. Welcome to the Sun Rando Show, my friend.
6: Happy to be back. Hello, IFG. Cotton, what's and,
0: happening, man? And I would also like to welcome a Sunranto show, Virgin. It's from Amazing Avenue. Brian Salvatore, how are you doing? Uh, Brian, purveyor of sad Mets takes, I see in your subheading. <laughs> um, well, introduce yourself to us and the Sunranto family.
7: Yes. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Brian. I am a co-founder of Fans a Sports Network, of which uh, we are all Little members here. It's a nice little family gathering here. It's like Thanksgiving, but less political and awkward. Um, well, maybe <laughs> uh, we'll see how yeah, it goes. Yeah, wait wait till course, hour two.
1: Yeah,
7: yeah. Um, but no. I am a, a long-time, long-suffering Mets fan. I live in New Jersey. Um, I got double boost, a uh, double uh, shot today—COVID and flu. So I'm kind of going out like Stanchera right now. So I apologize <laughs> if I'm a little low energy, but you know, I'll do my best. So you're a big Aaron uh, Rodgers guy, then, huh? Yes, <laughs> huge Aaron Rodgers guy, yes.
2: It's it's good to see that the the Jets are having a positive impact on uh the community out there.
7: Yes, absolutely, <laughs> yes.
0: So, uh I wanted to bring uh Mike was talking about something really interesting on the Cubs PS Plus podcast and it's like the different ways that baseball teams can be built and you can have a really young team. You can have an old team, a small market team, a big, uh, a big market team. You could spend a lot of money. You could uh, just develop players. And, uh, you know, and there's, and we could all, when I mention those teams, you probably have a team that comes into your head. That is one of those kind of uh, types of teams. But the cool thing is that in baseball, all of those teams at times have a chance of succeeding vastly and all of those times have teams have a chance of really going belly up and bust, which is why I asked Brian on the show today hey. because I think it's a, I think it's a great example of a certain kind of way to build a team that didn't work out at least this year now um so I, let's just kind of start there. Brian, you have a t- team they went all in you know been putting pushing their chips in the middle of the table for a couple years now mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they said, "That's enough. Cut the losses. we will start to dismantle. Starting again." Um, so, w- w- as you do the post mortem on your team right now in this off season, where do you where do you see that r- kind of rise and fall in in with your new uh,
7: shiny owner and how he operated the team? <laughs> he, he is quite shiny. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of things I think that are worth noting here. The first is that. This was the year the Mets really went for it. Yes, they had gone for it a little bit in the years past, but this season was the season that sort of um seemed like this was Steve Cohen saying, I don't care about the rules. I don't care about the fines. I want to win. Uh you know, it's it is it is exceedingly rare, and I recognize that, to be have your team owned by a fan. You know, Steve Cohen is a lifelong Mets fan. And um you know, the Mets are really blessed in that way. The Mets also, their radio and TV lead broadcasters are also original 62 Mets fans. So the Mets are, yeah. are a team that, you know, they're surrounded by folks who just love the Mets. And so... The Cubs used to have that. They Tom did, Higgins yes. used to
2: love the Cubs. Yes. <laughs>
7: it's amazing how that changes, isn't it? Um, but so you know, this was the year that Cohen just sort of, you know, put his chips in the middle of the table and said, we're going to go for it. And I think that, if you replayed this season a hundred times, you would never get an outcome as bad as this year um, Absolutely. Just, in, just in terms of injuries and players getting cold at the wrong time and players getting hot at the wrong time and all those yeah. things put together, you would never get this again and so while, I think the national narrative will be a little mess because I'm aware of it right? i've I've grown up with this but I don't think that what Cohen did this year was irresponsible. I don't think what he did this year was foolish. I think it just didn't work. And, and there is he a yeah.
3: Here,
7: Here's the thing about that, though.
2: Like, the positive is he realized it didn't work, and he pivoted. This is something – there is no other – I've never seen an owner do this. I've never seen anybody in baseball or any major sport do this. He went all in, yep. tried to do it. It didn't work. So instead of, be, you know, having this sunk cost fallacy and just hanging on to these players because he had already paid for them, he said, well, no, I've already paid for them. Let's use this capital to build my uh, farm system in basically a month. He built... Yeah. Like a really good farm system, no one else does that. And despite, you know, the the headlines are, oh, they spent a bunch of money and they got nothing for it. But the truth is they spent a lot of money to build a – and they were able to build a farm system very quickly. That's something nobody else has ever thought to do before. I thought it was great.
7: You know, the the, the Mets farm system generously would have been called bottom third on June 1st of this year. And today, I think the Mets farm system conservatively is called top third. I think there are some that would argue a little bit higher than that, but I I think that there's no denying that the overall shape of the farm system is completely different after the fire sale that happened
0: now. And, and the Cubs took a lot longer to get to what now they're saying top five. Uh, so, you know, some mm-hmm. people are saying that about the Cubs right now, the Cubs took a lot longer to get there. It took three freaking years and a blue Friday and a lot of teenagers and, and, you know, tinkering around the margins to even sniff at a wildcard spot this year. And Mike, like I, I thought it was interesting what you were talking about on, on your show is because it got me thinking about what kind of team are the Cubs trying to build? And Mike, what is your opinion when you thought about that, that the Cubs are attempting?
6: I mean, I think, I think we started to see the shell in place. I and mean, we've, they have added free agents each of the last two off seasons. They picked up Suzuki and Stroman and they picked up Dansby Swanson and Jameson Tyone, regardless of how well any of them have worked out or not, they were, I think a lot of people regarded them as solid to good signings at the time. And what Jed has talked about, the one thing that one thing Jed has said that I like, and I agree with is you try to stack good decisions on top of good decisions. So I think he wants to get to a place where he's bringing in a couple free agents every year. A couple free agents are probably hitting the end of their contract and moving on, whether it's retirement or just letting them go hit free agency again. And then while you're spending that money, on the stars. And what I hope to, we see this year is they're really missing star power is mm-hmm. to get those stars. You need Christopher Murrell, maybe taken third base. You need Pete Crow Armstrong, maybe in center field, this young talent coming up, giving you something and helping you produce for a low cost because you're paying hopefully Shohei Otani and Cody Bellinger and, don't threaten me with a good
3: time, please. Pete,
6: Pete uh,
0: Alonzo, what what do you think? I'm trying no, Brian, to speak
6: it into existence.
0: Brian, can we get some Pete Alonzo over on the north side of Chicago? You think, or no? You can't.
7: No, uh, Again, the Mets owner is a Mets fan, and now the Mets president of baseball operations is a Mets fan. They're not letting Pete go. See, that you, know, you know, my bad
3: bad dad loved me, me enough not to make me a Mets fan. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> it is long-suffering, but, I mean, you can't really say long-suffering in a room full of Cubs fans and really get away with it. Prior no, no, no. Just, know, like There's okay.
7: long-suffering, and I then was, there's long-suffering. I was four years old. I- four years old the that's won their only World Series of my lifetime. You all have seen a World Series. You have shirts older than their World Series trophy. You're not playing it to me.
3: I was 11 months old. <laughs> I was born and my dad got a World Series for uh, in, in the same year and then that was the last time he had any happiness. Yeah,
0: yeah, full, disclo- <laughs> full disclosure, I lost a bet to my sister because I had the Red Sox <laughs> that year. I was, <laughs> I was 12 and uh, yeah, didn't didn't work out for me. I lost a dollar, I believe. Who the bet was for one
2: dollar? Here's a good question, and uh, I mean anybody can answer. Who, which fan base celebrates their 1969 team more, the Mets or the Cubs? <laughs> that is a
0: good question. I try to think about that. Yeah, it's hard to because we get we get those guys. We talked about that team constantly, but the team that w- almost was, and then of course the Amazons. Um, so uh, speaking I of think like them, they're
3: the, both nice.
0: Yeah, it's it, it was <laughs> it definitely has a lot of lore for both teams. But um, when when I think about the Mets pushing all in, I think about other teams that did it this year, the Padres, for example. Yeah. And now they're pivoting, but not quite as quickly as the Mets did.
3: Um, I have some some serious tinfoil hat ideas for both of these, but it's very conspiracy theory-ish. And I don't like that I'm thinking it, but I hate the fact that I might not be wrong.
0: But when I think about how teams are built, and it got me thinking of also the kinds of teams I like to see built. and. You know, and when I see a team like the Rays be efficient and really develop players very well, and I don't know how they do it, it's almost like they've just got like a magic kettle that they spray, spray pixie dust on these guys to <laughs> make superstars to trade to the Cardinals. Um, but, um, it, you know, it, it's like there's that kind of team that really focuses on that kind of thing. You've got a team like the Astros who went all in on the uh, well, on cheating and also all <laughs> yeah, in. I
2: was say. <laughs>
0: but, well, all in
2: on got, garbage cans.
0: They got a bunch of Wall Street guys to run their team, you know, and and, and it worked. For, you know, so you can see that it could work in that situation, could work for a raise of develop the guys. But I see like the Cubs be kind of like patchwork quilting it with all these different ways like, well, we'll do a little bit of this and we'll do a little bit of star power and we'll get the guy from Japan and we'll just got to make a little stew of a team and we'll hope it works out. And it's all always about catching lightning in a bottle. That's what we say. Every damn year, we have to catch the lightning in the bottle. Everything's got to go right. So, but what's interesting when I thought about it, and sorry to talk so long, but it's um, that I like a team like that. I like a patchwork too. A couple young guys, a couple old guys, you know, a couple veteran, you know, a couple veterans, couple hot shots. I don't like what we had this year, which was the travel ball boys. You know, which was boring. So I'd rather do what the Mets are doing than be as conservative as the Cubs have been. I guess that's what I'm my thought on it.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I thought this year is I think I don't like it, but I think Jed was clearly trying to stay under the CBT this year. Absolutely. Um, Which I think from what he said, what they've done be like being willing to eat those salaries of Bancini and Barnhart. Um, I think they're going to push over next year. So I'm hoping that is, uh, evidence that they're going to go out and try to get a star or two. You get a star or two all of a sudden now, like that lineup gets deeper. It gets a lot more fun to watch, maybe a little bit less the travel boys. Um, and there's room for, hopefully, they leave room for the kids to come up. Yeah, David
0: Leib says exactly what I'm thinking here. So Danny would like a well-constructed <laughs> roster. Thank you! So more, some more than 12 you. guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. With more well, than 12 dudes on it, yes.
2: You know, <laughs> and, and I like what you were saying, Danny, the Patchwork team put together, but that's got to be a plan. There has to be some sort of plan on how these guys fit together. And, you know, Mike and I see things quite a bit differently if you're if you if you do get on the patreon and you get in there you'll see me and mike going back and forth and i disagree with mike in the fact that i think jed is not putting good decision on good decision i don't think jed really knows what he's doing i think he's looking at spreadsheets and i don't so you know and and I think what it comes down to is that Mike is much more optimistic than I am on a lot of these things. Brian, do you believe in the Mets'
0: plan? Do you – like, you know, it seems – you guys got whiplash. You must have whiplash from
7: well, it. Yes, that is part of it. Well, here's what I wanted to say too. I think that there's this fallacy that the Mets were going to punt on next season. And maybe they did tell Max Scherzer that to get him to waive his no-trade clause. But Steve Cohen is the fourth richest owner in American sports. The guy has pieces of artwork that are worth almost as much as the entire Mets roster. He is not going to stop spending money for anyone. So in a way, I always like the Mets plan because the Mets emergency plan is always going to be open the checkbook. Right? Yeah, and a, and throw money a, at it, right? If, and a, and if he win.
3: wants to win, eventually that's going to freaking work. And exactly. I really do like I'm I'm so much less optimistic than our good friend Mike Waller, and I I know that he knows this, um, and I hope that he still respects me for it. But I really <laughs> do feel like the Cubs, <laughs> like the Cubs office, heard that half the teams get into the playoffs and have decided that their plan for the foreseeable future is to be halfway good.
6: Well, I think, I think this year is going to tell us a lot. If they don't go out and get a star, if they roll back the same kind of roster that can win 87 games and maybe sneak into the playoffs, then that's kind of what they're going to be aiming for. And then I'll be more in agreement with you.
0: So uh, here's a question from the chat here. Andy Wells writes in, so who is the next Mets manager?
7: It's going to be Craig Council, and it's going to piss off a lot of people in the process, but that's what's going to happen.
0: Get him out of our division, at least. God, <laughs> we hate his rat face. Get him out of here. You know,
7: I, I just think... I would that, take him uh,
3: over Rossi, I'm not going to lie.
7: Yeah, we want him, too. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think with the connection with Stearns there from Milwaukee, I just think it makes sense. And, uh, you know, it's... the the th- There's rumors that they're going to try and bring back Carlos Beltran again after the Failed manager experiment that came out after the um, the Astros cheating scandal. You know, I could see that maybe. I still think people are pretty salty about that. I give that a little more time, maybe, before running him out there again. But the 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 reality (laughs) not the players that did it are still freaking in the (laughs) ALCS right now. They're playing
0: a game right now, and they're the ones that actually cheated.
7: That is true. Yeah, is so
0: true. why can't Beltran come
7: yeah. back? You know, like, yeah. who cares? Uh, but if well, if the anybody things, can bring him back, it's the Mets. That, that is true. Um, but, you know, I, I really think that we've seen over the last decade, certainly more than that, but really over the last decade, how certain organizations just don't value a, an on-field manager anymore. And I think that the Mets are moving into a situation where the manager is going to be just a functionary of the front office. and so PPT. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, um I I don't know if it matters as much who the Mets next manager is. I mean, I I like counsel. I think he's a good manager and I'm a big Beltron fan from his playing years. You know, I would love to see him back with the Mets, but ultimately, they're want to the, they're want to the have somebody who's going to follow the front office's mandates. Whatever well,
0: luckily, is. we've got Cubs manager David Ross with us here tonight. <laughs> Any questions, everybody?
3: <laughs> what do you and want to know. what I'm told.
0: <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me pull the string. Whatever Jed says, whatever Jed <laughs> says. You know, no, I agree with you. I think that we're in a place right now where it they have a an analytics department and it makes a lot of the decisions. And um,
6: but that's where everybody's going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's following the Twitter leader. Today, Dusty Baker's had all kinds of comments about he doesn't like the interruption from the analytics team. And he's totally old school. That's why Joe Madden's not working anymore. And that's that's the way Tampa works. That's the way the Dodgers work. That's the way the Astros work. I mean, that's the way, frankly, a lot of the best teams in baseball that have actual plans. That's the way they work.
3: Are you saying science is real? I
6: mean, um,
0: <laughs> I've done my, my own Robert. research on this, and I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted to bring up some of the top and top and bottom pay. So I'm going to bring up this. Uh, this table here, and it had the Mets as the number one team. And, and I know that these aren't these numbers aren't exactly right because there's all this other stuff baked yeah. in that counts against and all that stuff. But the Mets were by far and away the top spending team. And it was not even close. Like was... damn,
3: Bobby Bonilla's fault.
0: <laughs> it's oh, yeah. all. Bobby That's Bo- all. Blame Bobby Bo. <laughs> we thought that maybe they were going to roll his old bones out there at the end of the year, just to, just because they had no more guys because they traded everybody. Do um, they?
2: Do they actually do? Do they ever
7: bring Bobby Bonilla back? for Bobby Bonilla Day? So there was talk of that happening once Cohen bought the team, but it hasn't happened yet. I oh heard God. Cohen say, he's Just...
3: like, well, we're going to put him in a golf cart and drive him around the stadium and yep. give him a big check, and we're going to make a holiday out of it. Every yes, year. pregame, like, yes, give
2: Bobby Bonilla <laughs> a giant check. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be yeah. amazing. A giant novelty check, you got to do that. I mean, come on, it's New York. That would play so well with it those would. fans. Yeah. It really would. So, Mets far and away, but then out of the top five teams, I mean, well, actually, let's just look at the top ten teams. They're almost all playoff teams. The Yankees weren't. The Padres weren't.
2: Oh, it's funny how the Cubs are one spot out of the top ten, and also they were one game (laughs) out Uh, of the playoffs.
0: Funny how that works, huh? They're just like... One, it, all you had to do was like not sign Eric Hosmer, and you're in the playoffs. Really, so hey, I tried or...
3: to tell them.
0: <laughs> I know we all tried. We tried. <laughs> we, we, we'll buy a bigger billboard next time outside the stadium. Um, but I mean, obviously, as you look at this list, it doesn't always work. The Angels, it'll never work for. But you know, if you spend money, you'll get in. And here's the bottom of of the uh, payroll. There's only the Brewers. Uh, And the Diamondbacks, who really made it pretty far before they – I mean, I don't think they're ever going to win. I don't think they're going to win another game this year, to be honest. Like, after they started losing, I think that's it. And then the (laughs) Orioles, of course, which, you know, I think you could call them, like, a super young and, wow, really cheap team. So they have probably have a bright future ahead of them because they've got both of those things going on. They can afford to spend. The
2: Orioles – The Orioles will be really interesting in the coming years because as these guys start to hit their arbitration years and then they will need to be signed and stuff, it'll be interesting to see where they go with their payroll. Because, yeah, they're very low right now, but that's a very good team. And if they want to get where obviously everybody wants to get, like they were close this year, they need to add that payroll. They need... Maybe they, and, and that's a team that maybe only needs like one person or two people, but they need to go for it and they should not. And, and with all these young guys, if they're going to try and keep this thing together for a good run, they're going to have to jump into that top third. Yeah. They got great yeah. experience this year. So
0: what when do you they're, I was
6: ahead, gonna say? Mike. They're going to have to watch too. They may run into the same problem. The Cubs have, hopefully they deal with it better. The Cubs had all that young talent from 2016 forward and we know how that's all worked out. But at the time, they never extended anybody. They let them all get expensive year over year. Oh, so they, they had escalating like payroll. Yeah, without, how'd that go? Yeah, didn't go well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to pick a path. You either need to do something like the Braves, create a cult, and get everybody to sign. <laughs> or, um, <laughs> or you have, not, have to... I have not heard that take yet, and I love it. <laughs> or you have to uh, you know, pick a couple, get a couple guys locked down, and then some of the guys, like the Astros, have let, have let Carlos Correa go. They've let other guys go. They it let just Justin Brillander
7: go and then got him back, uh, nice. you yeah. know, for a couple of <laughs> prospects.
6: Thanks, Matt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's kind of funny how uh, that there are just some teams that are just always in play for these guys and just some teams that they, they're not even in the conversation. And what's, I think, frustrating to Cub fans is that we're not acting like the Mets are currently acting. Like we have a owner who who sat there at a party and told me that it was okay that we didn't trade Wilson Contreras because we got the second round. uh, uh, We got another second round pick in the draft. And he's like telling me this at a freaking party, the owner of the team. And I'm like, this does not bode well for, for us having a good team anytime soon. If he's getting excited,
3: Tom Ricketts has senators to buy.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, and as long as you know, Cub fans just sit out there like pounding fifteen dollar beers, like you know, and packing the place
2: for a five hundred ball club.
0: What? And we and... have
3: to stop doing that for five years to change his mind, anyway.
0: Exactly, exactly. But that's
2: never going to happen anymore because now yeah. that they've created a postseason, a, a, a an end of year tournament for all the little leaguers.
3: Yep, it's
2: never going to happen because it's
6: been an end of year tournament since nineteen sixty nine.
2: Yeah, but yeah.
3: now half the teams get in. You don't even have to be good.
2: I no. I, I would, would say it was sport. the playoffs from sixty nine to ninety four. It wasn't actual playoffs because there were only the East and West. But since ninety four, there's been at least The Arizona teams
3: Diamondbacks won what like eighty four games or something yeah. like that. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah,
2: but not- but it is absolutely now. I mean, I don't I don't know that you can deny that it's an end of season tournament and oh, absolutely
0: so yeah it so brian you you heard us loving on the phillies and I, you're probably not loving on the phillies because you're an NL east
2: guy are you are you pulling for the diamondbacks or are you just trying not to think about it
7: i'm pulling for the diamondbacks or a meteor uh, one, <laughs> one or the other
0: yeah the diamondbacks pretty much knocked us out not that we didn't deserve it we truly did um Diamondbacks have a good young team, and I think that's another example of the way a team can be built. Like if if they start adding, and who knows if they will, uh, they will because their fans aren't even showing up for this series. I, I I screenshotted this. Did you see the tickets were $16 for the game tomorrow? Wow. Now I know it's a Thursday at 2 o'clock. People got to work. But are you telling me you don't have one freaking PTO day that you can take to go to the game if you're a big fan? $16. I mean, you can get in. You can this sit by the pool for 200.
2: This is a situation like the Cubs had back in Oh three, where people were flying from Chicago to Atlanta to watch playoff games because it was cheaper than getting a ticket at Wrigley and people in Philly can fly to, uh, I think, I think Phoenix is the hub for Southwest. So like probably yeah. cheap flights, go, go to Phoenix, you know, when, buy your sixteen dollars ticket up. and watch your team uh, sweep. Like, I don't know. I I'll bet there's a lot of Phillies fans doing that. So, uh, Brian, what kind of team you want
0: your owner to build right now? One An that
3: expensive
2: wins. One. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, we love one that wins. But what do you think that looks like? Because. So. You know, like Mike was saying on his show, I mean, you can have an older team, a younger team pitching.
0: Are you going to develop? Or are you just going to keep buying? Like you think, what's happening?
7: Well, first of all, the Mets do have a pretty sizable homegrown core in there right now. Between Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Alvarez, there, there is a good young core that they are going to build around. Pitching is something they don't have in the minor leagues right now. There's a lot of good position player depth, and so they're going to have to buy some pitchers. And I fear buying pitchers always because we know how most of those contracts work out. And I'm not even talking about the money left on it, just the you're now rostering a guy who is pitching at a third of his uh, market value when you signed him and you're stuck with, you know, there's there's been so many of those guys in Mets history. So they're going to have to buy some pitching, but I do think they have a really strong young core. What Cohen has said time and time again is he wants to become the East Coast Dodgers. He wants to have a a really young, controllable core that he peppers with the free agents that are needed at the time. And so for the first couple of years, he had to buy those players. And this year, he had to buy the farm that will get him that young, sustainable, controllable um, team in the future. What I would like to see from Cohen... side note here, I I wish more owners acted like Cohen in general. Cohen likes owning a Amen. baseball team. And he isn't afraid to spend his money on a, on a baseball team. And it's funny, you know, I grew up in the shadow of Yankees of Yankee Stadium essentially, in northern New Jersey, and all my friends were Yankee fans growing up, and I hated Steinbrenner. I just thought he was the worst person that ever lived. And now, I'm kind of come around on George Steinbrenner. Like, <laughs> he was spending money for his team. I, I can't really get mad at that, you know? And so, um, so I, I wish that more owners would do things the way that Cohen's doing them. But I think the path forward for the Mets is, in the short term, is buying some controllable pitching. They seem to love Japanese pitching. I mean Kodai Senga. I don't know how many Senga games you guys got to see this year. Oh, a, a couple. No, the the funny Ghost funny Fork. <laughs>
3: But, hey, Go for Yamamoto! Somebody should.
7: They're they're they are in hard for Yamamoto, and so I think that maybe that's a market they're going to explore. And also, being in New York, it's the most multicultural city in the world. They will bring Asian fans to the ballpark if they have if they build an Asian fan base, especially in a, Queens.
3: Okay, so so serious because this is leading into the question that I've been holding this microphone in front of my face to ask you for forever. Okay, uh, what do you think? Percentage chance are the Mets in on Otani?
7: Yes. Yeah. They're in on Otani. I, I I'm not gonna say it's a good chance. I think they're I think they have a twenty-five percent chance of getting Otani. And here's no, but, why.
3: That's but a see, pretty big chance.
7: Yeah. Over
2: here in the north side of Chicago, we're like we're we have a twenty-five percent chance of just being in on him. And you're like, <laughs> we have a twenty-five yeah. percent chance of, chance of having honest. him on our team. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like
3: Oh, I wish. No, we're not had gonna, that
7: going. We're here. not even going to try. I, I think he went up on the Dodgers. I really do. I, th- I think he's. Gonna I be think the that's the
3: most boring possible option, and I refuse to admit <laughs> it.
7: Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, you're not wrong at all. Uh, but I, I think they're going to go for him.
6: I you're think- all sleeping on Oakland. I don't think He wants to stay in L.A. <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> Another
0: California team, like I don't know, the A's, maybe. Yeah. they got I, money to I spend.
3: New
2: stadium coming. I don't know. Because he really I wants can- to be the big got- fish in a small
6: pond.
3: Because I can't convince myself that the Cubs are actually going to be in on him. I really, 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 with my whole entire heart, hope he signs with the Mariners.
6: If it's not with the Cubs, I hope it's the Mariners. 100%. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
2: Okay, so Waller, Yeah. what do you think? Like, so we with heard he, Brian yeah. kind of talk about a little bit about what he thought he wanted to see from, you know, his team. What What's kind of your best case scenario? Like, what would you like to see the Cubs do?
6: So, I think they've picked a clear direction. I mean, they talked a lot about pitching and defense. We found out today the Cubs have three players as finalists for the Gold Glove. Um, Dansby Swanson, wow. and Nico Horner is a lead up the middle. Um, Pete Crow Armstrong is one of the few players, one of the few players to get an 80 grade on anything, and it's his outfield defense. You're welcome, by um, the way. <laughs> yes. That's why the Mets won't trade with us anymore. Um, <laughs> Oh, so by, the, the, the oh other by the way, pick
3: up Bynos for that.
2: Blue Blue Dabs floated this one earlier for you, Brian. Oh, Ty. Uh, Ty own for oh, a straight long
3: straight up. Let's go.
6: <laughs> I'm in. Get let's do. <laughs> um, no. So I, I think
3: pitching. I'll throw in Edwin Rios. Oh, wait, I can't.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he's gone. Yeah, we l- lost him today.
6: So the Cubs have all this young pitching coming up, and I think that's clearly the path they're going to go. I hope they may have to add another starter this off season. We'll see what happens with all the options if stroman stays if they pick up Hendricks, um but i think what they need to do is the offensive players are a little bit behind what we saw this year was overall an above average offense they just they lack that kind of one big bat to kind of make it all work so that ian happ's not hitting third dansby swanson's not hitting fifth you know you get one maybe two more big bats in there and all of a sudden you well, can have Dan Dansby hitting uh, seven where they, no, you, need bellinger.
0: you need Bellinger back the problem is you I, need I, bellinger I, plus
6: one so you need plus two.
0: one the problem with the Cubs is that they've been slightly above average uh, for all the signings they're like this guy's a one win player this guy's a two win player and they're like oh look how great we are there's not negative war players who cares it's not enough you need one dude that's like nine wins and another dude that's six and now're
6: running gone.
0: Yeah, you need some star power, just like you say. I agree. And um, this,
6: this is a year where they have money coming off the books. They've got the promise of some young kids coming up. I would not be – depending on what they do, one thing I want them to do is leave room for some of these kids to play a little bit. So I don't want them to go like go sign a center fielder and go sign a first baseman like they did last offseason.
2: Yes, thank you.
6: Bellinger's perfect because he's kind of a hedge between the two. If PCA is great, Bellinger can play first base. If Matt Mervis is great, Maybe PCA gets a little more time in AAA and Bellinger's in center field. Okay, but are are
3: the Cubs going to be willing to give Cody Or maybe you put all three of them on the team. team.
6: Well, does Cody want to go back to the Dodgers? Why wouldn't he? Because
0: they disrespected him like we disrespected Cal Schwarber. (laughs) Um. (laughs) (laughs) We, I, I wanted let's let's wrap up this segment. We have a, a a great guest coming on, and I don't want to short shrift our time with him. Ken Schultz is going to be here to talk about a really awesome ceremony that Laura Ricketts, our our uh, team's owner, was involved in this past weekend. And uh, but, Brian, I'm so glad you came on to talk a little Mets with us. I'm sure we're going to do it again as the the uh, off season goes on, and definitely next year when we play each other.
7: Yes. Yes, uh, just real quickly, I want to put out there: you are all welcome to City Field anytime. I'll be happy to be a tour guide there. Uh, there is really good food and drink to be had at City Field. I agree. And, um,
0: I love the sausages. I'm a, I, I've spent many a, a game at City Field. I lived in New York for eighteen years, so yeah, I, the, yeah, I, I do enjoy yeah. that ballpark way better than that it, dump at Yankee Stadium or that yeah,
2: closeted. Danny is a little bit. I of have a Met, Mets. I have fans. a
0: Mets sweatshirt. I do yeah, he, full disclosure. I do own one.
2: That that I, whole time in New York, you know, he was he was proudly flying its Mets colors, but well, then could, you know he went he, back to Chicago and he had to kind of hide be, it again.
0: Yeah, you can't be a Yankee Yankees. fan, and, and the real New Yorkers are Mets fans. Curtis Grant, my family's
6: from New York Mets territory for sure. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's the the, the the Yankees are some transplant shit. That's 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 when you moved there from like, you know, the you know, uh, I, I don't know, the middle of uh, Virginia and you ended up or,
2: in... or you're getting ready to move to Florida. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> you're, you're or, like, you're, or you're a cop I'm a Yankees fan <laughs> because I can watch him when I go to Florida.
0: Yeah, it's the cop team, too. It's big-time the cop team. Definitely the cop team. I used to always tell who the undercovers were on the subway because they they all had Yankee jackets on. I was like, (laughs) evening officers? He's like, how do they know? I'm like, oh, maybe because you look like straight out of Central Casting. Law and order. Um, So, uh, anyway, thank you for coming. Uh, Cubs PS Plus uh, podcast. I saw you got a new episode that just came out, even after the one I'm referencing.
6: Don't you? No, that was the last one. Oh,
0: that was the last one. Okay.
6: Probably another, used... another one out uh, tomorrow or Friday.
0: Okay. Very cool. So everybody should listen to that wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Look it up. Cubs PS Plus
2: Podcast. You should. You know what? Go listen to Mike's podcast, the Cubs PS Plus Podcast. And while you're listening, a little scavenger hunt. Listen to the things that Mike says and see if you can pick out what made me stop I was literally in the middle of a project in my yard. I stopped.
6: My phone started blowing up.
2: <laughs> 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 my Roller, And I'm like, I'm listening to your podcast and I got it. I got so. sounds it.
0: Like, sounds like we got a post-show topic over Brian.
3: on the
7: Discord tonight, I think. So let's talk about that later. Brian,
3: where can we find you on the socials?
0: Yeah, tell us.
7: I'm a bad social media user at this point in my life, but I am <laughs> at Brian Needs a Nap just about everywhere. Um, and uh, home run applesauce is the podcast network. It's part of Fans for a Sports Network, and um, you'll find me at City Field waiting in line for a pat la steak sandwich or a premio Italian sausage. So that amazing. I, love-
3: I haven't been back since they blew up Shea Stadium, so uh, you, I'm. You got it. You got to come
7: hang out.
2: It's the best. Yeah. City yeah, is I city I is up awesome. to Shea Stadium, and uh, in in consecutive days, Shea and Yankee, the year that they were getting rid of them. And uh I could totally understand why they wanted to get rid of both those places. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh on that note, thanks for joining us tonight, Brian and Mike, and uh we'll be right back uh with another dog. Get. Take Next. care, folks. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. Go to sunranto.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fanzad shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sunranto Show stay on the air, so we can keep talking shit. So buy. buy Buy shit today through sunranto.com slash shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit.
1: Hey Cubs fans, at Amazon.com do you buy lots of stuff?
0: Why not support the Sunranto Show by shopping through sunranto.com slash All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to sunranto.com slash
1: our Amazon links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto Show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping in the Sun Ranto Show. Buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and
0: Plus, you could win a monthly prize if some of your stuff is chosen for
1: Amazon stuff. of the month. And if you win, we'll send you more stuff. Sunranto.com slash stuff. That address again is sunranto.com
0: stuff. Hashtag chance in the chat. You can win a Frank chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. And as I said earlier in the show, there's a bunch of chance postcards in the mail as we speak. I got them all sent down with my message of love and doom. It was going to be a little bit too doomy if I wrote them two weeks ago. So I took a break, (laughs) took a few walks, cleared my head, wrote my messages of love and doom. So,
2: um... Uh, on... You know, you just need to start writing the love part. Like don't put a name on it, but write the love part after some wins. And then wait for the doom part. Well, it
0: is the off season, Michael. <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? So I mean, uh um... you're not losing. I do want to mention this though. Uh, I just for
2: every time the Phillies play and we see what we could add.
0: We could, yeah. Every time Kyle Schwarber does something good, I write the doom part.
2: Nick Castellanos, Craig Kimbrell. All of them.
0: All of them. So I did want to mention that, you know, Christmas is coming. I know you got to buy a lot of crap for your people. So please do it through. There's so many different stores at slash shopping. All you do is click our links and then you buy the stuff you're going to buy anyway. And then we get a little kickback from that thing. That you bought, and you don't have to pay any extra. Same thing is true with Amazon if you go to sunranther.com slash stuff. And all the Amazon stuff you'd buy, just go through there, and you buy the stuff you're going to buy anyway. Click on our link, and then we get, honestly, pennies. But it's it's money that Jeff Bezos would have gotten.
3: But you know what else? also In- get entered into our Amazon prize thingy, and also you're helping to support my craft beer habits.
0: Yeah, and a good point that you could win and whoever bought the iPhone case won this cute little thermos last time. And you have not claimed it. So if you bought the iPhone case, you are the winner last month. And uh you could you could have this. I will I will send this
2: to you. Yeah, Danny, if they want to do something that gets us more than just pennies, there are uh Sunranto t shirts with the cubes fan on it. There are, there, are bull penis, there are bull penis t-shirts. Uh, there are uh, John Baker Day shirts and hoodies and all sorts of stuff out there as well. But here's a thought. Think out of the box. People have so much stuff. Everybody wants stuff. Fine. Whatever. You don't have room for it. It just gets put in your closet or put away, away. Nobody sees it anymore. Get somebody... A subscription to Sunranto Patreon. I love the idea. Just, right. I think we don't we we have a thing where you can pay for one year, right, Danny? Yeah, one year like at a time. That's One of the options. It's slightly cheaper, and what you could do for your Cubs fan friend is just pay for a year subscription for them. Boom! They got it. They 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 are into like you know what a, they bought them friends. You Friend. just bought
0: them friends for Christmas at patreon.com slash sunranto.
3: And and bought them getting their phone blown up by cotton for having bad opinions.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean. So anyway, John, yeah, we're just asking friends, you to help us.
2: Sometimes everybody has friends like me. You don't necessarily want to have your number. Yeah. Remember when
0: I gave or, Eric Willow your or, number?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, did he give me my <laughs> number to Willow?
0: Yeah, that was great. <laughs> So uh before we get off the rails too much more, I do want to bring on uh, my friend Ken. He is a contributor to Out Sports and he was involved uh with a Glenn Burke uh ceremony the other day where uh they gave a, well, they gave him a plaque on a is that a pylon? With um, It's just a giant post. It's a column.
5: Yeah, I think they'd like to it. call it a monument, but let's say obelisk. Monument. Just obelisk. obelisk. <laughs> I love like it. it. I'm an English major. I got to drop words like that. So
3: <laughs> why use a, a five dollar word when a twenty dollar word will do better? Just oh don't
5: drop an op- obelisk
0: on your foot. That could hurt. Um, so uh, you were involved. You gave a speech at at this uh, uh, obelisk plaque yep. unveiling, and uh, you talked a little bit about Glenn Burke, um, who is now a gay sports icon. I would kind of venture to say. Yep. And first of all, you did an awesome job and I really enjoyed your speech and the Cubs owner, Laura Ricketts was there as well. Here's a picture of you giving your speech and they got a little rainbow flag in front of the plaque before it was ripped down. Here is uh, the, the, you guys ripping down the flag. Um, that's not you ripping it down. That's and no, it's, I don't uh, know Laura who, and
5: one of the board members, I
0: think. And one of the board members. And then uh, here's. There's uh Laura giving her speech and um anyway, everybody just did a great job. It was a small but mighty gathering. And um tell me about how you kind of came a- upon doing that and being asked to
5: be the person that represented Glenn Burke. Sure, yeah, a, a bit of good fortune actually. It's uh Andrew Moranis wrote the definitive biography of Glenn Burke a couple of years ago called Singled Out. Uh, and I had interviewed him for an article for Outsports and for a podcast for Outsports for it. And he knows like as much as you can about Burke's life and career. It's it's about 250, 300 pages. And it's the kind of book that like most great baseball biographies figure out a way to kind of put the context of the player's life within important historical context of the times And Singled Out is the first one that does it with a specifically gay LGBTQ focus in all the history. So it's kind of like you read the book and go, oh, this one's for us. That's great. So Andrew's awesome and an incredible writer. And you
0: were saying to me that some of the backdrop of the book talks about like the Castro district Mm -hmm. and kind of like what he would do after the games versus what some of his teammates were doing after games.
5: Yeah. it's. I mean, the thing about Glenn Burke is most people, and I think a couple of people during their speeches mentioned that he was outed. He he did not voluntarily come out as as an active player. And it is technically true he did not uh, come out as we know, like making a coming out announcement in modern times because it was 1977. But Glenn Burke, uh, as referenced, Danny, did not bother to hide who he was at any point. Uh, if I
3: if I recall correctly, and and forgive me, I'm not terribly good at like baseball before I started watching it, but wasn't Glenn Burke the the gentleman who was offered a very significant bonus if only he would agree to marry a nice young lady?
5: Yes, yes, that was after his rookie season in '77. Um, during so during the '77 season, like when they went on road trips to, for example, San Francisco, he would go out and players would put two and two together and realize, oh, he's gone to the Castro. So yeah. Uh, and when they were at home in '77, uh, manager Tommy Lasorda, his son Tommy Jr. was openly gay, uh, and Glenn Burke would go out to the bars and clubs at WeHo with Tommy Jr. and would also, as I mentioned in the speech, do a lot more to uplift and support Tommy Jr. than his father ever did. That's mm-hmm. Tommy Lasorda's pictures and all his in his office. It would be like Billy Crystal and Frank Sinatra, not one of his son. So. Uh, Yeah. So during the offseason, when, you know, word like that kind of got around baseball, that this is what Glenn Burke was doing, Al Campanis, hey, there's a name, uh, called in Glenn Burke and pretty much, as you said, in fly girl, not overtly, but kind of obliquely told him that, So with the Dodgers, we like to support our players that should they choose to find someone to get married. We might offer them like a cash bonus to go on and have a good honeymoon. And the implication obviously was if you marry a woman, we'll give you seventy five thousand dollars. And Glenn Burke said no. And within a year or two, he was off to the Oakland A's. Yeah, and they, they traded him, and he was – and
0: I'm going to put up his stats real quick. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Michael, but it's okay. um, he got traded to the A's, and soon after he, he faced quite a bit of homophobia from Billy Martin, who was the manager at the time, and uh, then he was out of the league not too much longer at that, and you look at his stats too – um and i i put up his minor league stats here uh, on purpose because they're quite impressive um if you look at 1974 between A and AA he slashed 305 356 426 and i understand these are minor league numbers so but he still was pretty good in AAA in Albuquerque in 76 and it made his way to the Dodgers and he hit okay but uh, you know he was still a rookie but then for him to be outed, that was pretty early in his career that that happened to him. Right. And so if you think about all the stress that that puts you under, you're under financial stress, you're under emotional stress. Uh, you know, I'm sure that a lot of words are being thrown at you that are really unpleasant. You're being dehumanized. How do you perform underneath those conditions and – um you know, what, what did Glenn Burke end up doing? Like after his time with the Dodgers and A's?
5: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately he was kind of adrift for most of the rest of his life that he would go, uh, through a series of relationships, uh, trying to find, you know, just living with various guys, uh, mostly around the Bay area, which is where he grew up. Uh, he would occasionally find little bits of work here and there, but never anything consistent. Uh, he had, Personal demons as well. He battled addiction. Uh, there were times where he was homeless, um, but there were also times like he was one of the first players, like first, certainly first ex major leaguers, to sign on with like the San Francisco Gay Softball League, which is now in its 40th year this year, I think. Uh, and he was a star of the league back in the day. And I've talked to uh, gay friends I know from back when I lived in New York that uh, he remembers playing Glenn Burke uh, in gay softball, and Glenn Burke was still killing it. So like the athletic ability was still there, but he that never- would honestly
2: <laughs> suck to be on the other team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
5: you uh-huh. just got
0: this freaking hot shot uh-huh. You literally played in the majors. Right.
5: Yeah. And, and, but the latter half of his life, like when he was a major leaguer and he would go visit the Castro district, like he was a treated like a star. Like there was no like concept in the gay community in 1977 or 78 that, Oh, Here's this Major League Baseball player that's one of us now to hang up. So everybody, uh, I mean, he was welcome in any club, any bar he wanted to go to. But uh, after baseball cut him loose and he was kind of adrift uh, for the rest of his life, that stardom, as you would expect, kind of gradually waned. And he was all, uh, I mean, this gay softball league was kind of his closest uh, connection to the community for the latter half of his life, I think, for the most part.
0: And he died very young in yeah. his uh, early 40s of age yeah. and 95. Yeah. So tragic end too short of a life. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just one of those situations that makes me wonder because we talked um, a lot about how, you know, baseball is it, it's, it's a it's been a segregated sport and it segregates people, it segregates boys and girls very young. And I mean, a lot of sports do, but, uh, you know, it does it very young, almost unnecessarily so. Um, I know you and I were talking about at the bar about how, like, you, you know, it's sports is not necessarily still a very welcoming environment for L, for the LGBTQ uh, community. And um, so it's and so it makes me wonder how many people are left out that could have been big stars. And I wonder what it's going to take for that to, to change. Yeah well, on it.
3: on the other hand i wonder how many like how many people are currently participating in the sport that are not able to do so openly like mm-hmm. i really do feel like we've already had the first woman major league baseball player and we just don't know who she is
5: right yeah i and i would say i mean we know that there are a total of 3 uh, players who have come out or we know are are gay at any point in their lives. There's mm-hmm. Bert, uh, Billy Bean and TJ House just came out last winter. And it's interesting that uh, Laura, Laura Ricketts, during her speech, had a, a message from Billy Bean that she wanted to make sure that everybody heard that day. And what struck me about that was that he talked about, when he heard about Glenn Burke's life, what struck him was that, again, that Glenn Burke was so open about who he was within the context of the late 70s. Because Billy Bean is someone who played as a very closeted gay player in the mid-90s and went to, I mean, as if you've ever seen or read his life story, went to extreme lengths to make sure that nobody found out that he was gay while he was still an active player. And I really got that sense in listening to Laura read his words that there was that, like, admiration and also kind of a bit of a pang of almost personal regret that Burke was able to kind of have that courage to just be out as himself, that Billy just was a life that he couldn't live. But I I think what that underscores is kind of what we all know as queer people is that nobody comes out in the same way as anybody else. We're all do it on our own timelines and in our own personal ways. And Billy's was just the way where he didn't feel comfortable until after he retired and opened up a restaurant to talk about his sexuality well and and sadly
2: the the story of Burke it, it like wasn't a good one. It's not like uh you know because he was comfortable with himself and because he didn't change how he did anything uh it didn't necessarily work out well for him and that's a shame because it's it kind of sets that president precedence for you know a Billy Bean or whoever to.
0: To stay closeted, yeah, to, to yeah.
2: hide it, it more so, you know, which is a bummer because I mean, here we are. I mean, we're almost fifty years later, and we're st- clearly still still dealing with this. And and there's no way we're not
0: dealing with it. That's the issue. We're not well, dealing with it at all, exactly. and that it's still like almost a don't ask, don't tell situation. I think probably in those locker rooms, and that's yeah. And there's
2: sure. there's no way there's not. Many, you know, gay baseball players who were, uh, have have already played and still aren't saying anything or are playing now. And, you know,
3: and there are, I mean, we do know, we do know of at least a few, um, in the minor league system. I, I, Anderson Comis comes to mind, um, who is very openly out. He's in the White Sox system. And, you know, I think, you know, I don't know, just being gener- generational. I know, I know, uh, you know, you guys are, are, are Gen Z. I'm, I'm an elder millennial. Um, I really do feel like in a lot of ways that this, that, or Gen X, sorry, you guys are Gen X. I'm an elder millennial. I think, I think Gen Z is really going to help save the world a little bit because they have no living memory of, you know, the, the AIDS panic and things like that. Like I, even when I was in school, they still had like after school specials that said, you know, Hey, if you share your sandwich with a friend, that's not going to let, you know, you're not going to catch AIDS that way. And like these kids haven't been tainted with all of that. And I'm really, really hoping that that helps, you know, that, that the absence of that panic helps sort of to pave the way to people being more comfortable being themselves, no matter who they are.
0: Well. Ken, can I ask you uh, to, to talk about these two gentlemen? Oh, yeah. uh, Cole Philpot and Aiden Phipps. Mm-hmm. And uh, you wrote a story about the, these guys are both college players here in the Midwest. Here's Cole, um, Cole Philpot, and here's Aiden, and um, the, and I've read your whole article. It's a great article. I, in fact, let me find it, and I'll share a link to it in the chat.
5: But could you t- tell me about these guys? Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about Gen Z giving us hope for the future? Those two are it. Uh, so we got tipped off at Out sports a few weeks ago that uh, there were a couple of ball players uh, at the college level who were seeing each other. We we found on their Instagram a couple of the pictures that you put up there, and so I got to interview them a couple of weeks ago, and their their story is a trip. That they play for uh, NCAA Division three schools. Uh, Aiden plays for Beloit College as a pitcher. And Cole plays for Grinnell College as a left fielder. And they played each other, their teams played each other for the first time last March. And that's they encountered each other on the field, uh, didn't face each other during the games. But afterwards, Cole reached out to Aiden on Instagram and just was like, hey, great game. You pitched a great game. Really admire your stuff. And kind of they formed a very ballplayer friendship on social media. And that kind of kept up over the next several series. They just kept messaging each other over and over. And the part that really just blew my mind is that uh, Cole... Uh, was out to his family as part of the community and maybe a few close friends. Uh, and kind of as their messages kept going, Cole kind of started just just putting out like little feelers, like, and eventually, I think, asked the question, would you consider dating a man? Aiden is bisexual, but was not out to anybody at that point. That was the first time he'd been asked. So, uh, but he was like, yeah, actually, yeah, I would. And so that was kind of his first moment being out to anybody else, uh, yeah. And so then over the next few weeks, they, they kept up uh, kind of this this new level of their relationship. And eventually, Aiden decided during the playoffs that kind of like on the day of meeting his mom for dinner, he decided he wanted to come out to his family. Uh, went to kind of the coming out. Oh my God, what am I doing? And like messaging back and forth to Cole pretty frequently. And Cole was just like there for him the whole way. Um, Eventually after the dinner kind of came out to his mom in a text message and the ride back to Beloit. And then they got on the phone and everybody was family was totally cool with it. So he was now out to the family as by. And then the two started dating each other in June and have been since then. I'm so
1: happy for them.
3: This is adorable.
0: How how long until we get ourselves like a
5: baseball broke back mountain kind of movie? (laughs) Well, it's it's, it's not done, that right? I I didn't realize until we put this out there that several people m- remarked on social. Uh, this is baseball heartstopper, is what this is. It, like, it's and,
1: so cute. I'm dying. Yeah,
5: yeah, and heartstopper. I was a puddle by episode three. So, like, <laughs> and the thing thing about these guys too is that in talking to them for the interview, they are both total baseball players. Like absolutely not more ball playery. And so I'm sitting there like as they're telling me this, this incredible story, the incredible risk Cole took. And I'm also just sitting there going, you guys are adorable. This is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, because, because they talk, I asked what they talked about, like just as an introduction on Insta. And they were like, yeah, we just both like competing. So we talked about everything we compete in. So it, it's, it's just like, you know, every post game interview you've ever heard only also mixed with, uh, a Becky Albertalli novel. It's. I'm it's so sportful.
3: glad that we love the gayest sport.
5: Yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> so the thing about that, to kind of get tie this into what you were saying in Field Fly Girl, is that I asked both of them at the end, like, are you looking forward to the first time Cole steps in the box against Aiden this year, what your teammates are going to be yelling at each other, and the smile on their faces just said everything that needed to be said. Like, the teams can't wait to be giving them, like, the baseball level of shit, but in the right way.
3: Right? So, oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, ah, They're yeah. my favorites. I love
0: them. Well, I know that even in my lifetime, there are, are things that people said that you would never see that happened actually shortly after people said that we'd never see them. Like, you know, uh, for example, uh, same-sex marriage was also honored on the very same day that they honored Glenn Burke. There's a plaque for all those that worked so hard to make that happen. And the roots to the legal challenges that they had to build upon to get it to the point where you could finally get the marriage equality act, you know, it took a lot of, a lot of time, but it also didn't take that much time. What was the, the, um, the quote, like it was seventy thirty against same sex marriage and it completely flipped within like a decade, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. decade. Yep. So it, critical mass can be achieved quickly, and so you know I'm rooting for Colin and Aiden, and hopefully that it, hopefully there will be less people that feel excluded from not only baseball and and team sports, but also in general, like I mean, really in all walks of life, mm-hmm. not just sports.
5: Yeah. So yeah. hopefully they'll be, feel more comfortable to be yeah. out in the sport. And and I, I also want to emphasize this too, kind of to tie this back into what we we're talking about with Glenn Burke. That, uh, yes, as we've talked about, his life ended with 20 years of tragedy. No question about that. During his playing career, um, a whole lot of his teammates were accepting of who he was because he was one of the coolest guys in the clubhouse. Uh, And I I really wanted to make this point in the speech that during his playing career, the players knew Glenn Burke was fun. Glenn Burke would bring in disco records, play him, uh, play him on his boombox for the clubhouse. He would stuff a pillow down his jersey and be Tommy Lasorda for the locker room. They loved it. <laughs> and he appealed to everybody. Like his friends started with Dusty Baker, you know, which we all know baseball's ambassador of cool, listens to Miles Davis and Jimi Hendrix. Also friends with Steve Garvey, and, you know, <laughs> who had the, the fake all American boy image back then before we knew he fired or he fathered. Half of the women (laughs) in Southern California. So, (laughs) uh, but
0: like inventing the high five, like we didn't even mention that. Glenn Burke invented the
5: high five with Dusty Baker. Baker. Yes, yeah. It's Dusty uh, hit his thirtieth home run of the year in the last game of '77, um, and it was I think the fourth thirty home run guy in the Dodgers. It was a big deal. So at the plate, Glenn Burke was just like hand in the air, like this is awesome, and Baker was like, all right, slap him, and first high five anybody in baseball had ever seen, and and
3: amazing
5: yeah yeah um so it wasn't necessarily the players I'm, I'm sure there there had to be some who were awful because again it's baseball in 77 but for the most part the clubhouse was with glenberg it was dodger old guard like tommy lasorda and al campanis that wanted to put a stop to this because they couldn't handle who he was yeah.
3: we have a, a question in the chat um Terry E. would like to know whether uh, it's true the rumor that Dusty Baker was a a significant father figure to Spunky Lasorda. Hmm.
5: That I don't know. I I wouldn't put it past Dusty um, because I believe, and I think Andrew Moranis talks about this in Singled Out, uh, one of Dusty's sisters is a lesbian, so Dusty was kind of inclined to be more open-minded when he found out Glenn was gay, so it wouldn't surprise me that he was also kind of a mentor for Tommy Jr. because yeah, Tommy Lasorda Sr. What, it, he wasn't like the "no son of mine" kind of you know after-school special kind of homophobic mm-hmm. dad, but just the more like there was an emotional distance that he didn't bother to try to bridge with his son. Yeah. So. Well, you had a great line
0: I, during the speech, which was that everybody loved Glenn Burke so much because everything because of all the things that he brought to the team. And he, he said, because things get a little bit better as they get a little bit gayer. Yeah. And I was like, that, nothing could be further. I mean, I mean, that, nothing could be more true. Look at these um, jerseys.
5: I mean, right there. It, it almost. Like,
3: Jersey. I love it.
5: <sighs> yeah. 10 out of 10, no notes. And and the number 23 on the back, I'm a Ryan doll, right. So like it could not yeah. be, it was like designed for me. Yeah.
0: So, well, I love what you do. And I think that you highlighting, you know, stories like you know, Cole and Aiden's, I think that's going to be helpful to other young ball players mm-hmm. who will see those guys as mentors. And then in another 10 years, we might get to a critical mass and, you know, Things and then you might see yeah. some actual major league baseball mm-hmm. players who are already out that don't have to come out, and everybody finds out they've always known this. Like Colas, um, who is the mm-hmm. only one that I think we know of right now. But hopefully that this, that he will also be a pioneer. That whether he makes the majors or not, or has a great career or not, that just the more that there's visibility, the better things will be. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Absolutely.
5: Yeah. And so, uh Comas aspiring had firing
3: well, to normal. I love mm-hmm.
5: that. Yep. Yeah. Comas. And I'm looking forward to the day where I get to write the story about the first out major leaguer. Like I don't even know like emotionally how that's gonna impact me as I sit down at the keyboard for it. But yeah, I, I really would like the the opportunity and the challenge of like summing up like what those emotions are gonna be when that happens because that's gonna be just the biggest thrill.
0: I'm going to let Mike Waller have the last word, at least on this segment. And and he says, I have a gay son. The world needs to be better. And I love all of this. So awesome. thanks for writing that in Mike. And um, I, I completely agree. The world needs more of this and they, they need uh, because it's true. Exactly. What you said is that the, the world gets better, the the gayer it gets. And I <laughs> totally agree with that. So uh, we're going to take one last commercial break. Uh, we're going to let you go, Ken. Thank you so much for being on the Sun Rancid show. We're going to come back just with a couple of announcements and some TFCs. We're going to pick a chance winner. So we'll be right back. This one's a real quick commercial, though. All right. Enjoy. All right. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Kevin. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your T-shirts from In the Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Tansby, say a too. Clark fly in his double view. Cody Bellinger smoking deuce, Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your strove Ten percent off with the code S O N R A N T O. S O N R A N T O. InTheClutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at In The Clutch.
1: Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch.
0: Welcome back. Um, man, I love our show. This is Me one of the, too! It's the yeah, best! This was a really good show tonight. And so thanks for everybody that tuned in and didn't watch the baseball game. Because there's actual baseball being played, and we're just sitting here talking about baseball.
3: If y'all need an update, it's 8-4 to four with the Astros still leading in the bottom of the 8th.
0: Yeah, no, nobody wants to watch that crap anyway. Uh, Captain Cubbo tuned in, in tonight. Um, and you know what I always, I always forget to say? If you're watching on whatever you're watching on, hit the like button because I think it helps our whole like visibility factor aspect. And you could be, you could and, help like, us.
3: Tell your friends. Like, don't okay. be like, oh man, I can't believe my friends might know that I'm watching. That. It, no, tell them.
0: <laughs> have a have a watch party with your friends and enjoy us. So uh, hashtag chance in the chat. Captain Cobos tuning in tonight. He put hashtag chance in the chat. You could win. The Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. If you're expecting a French Frank Chance postcard, it's on its way. Um, Cubs caroling coming up December 16th.
2: Yes, um,
0: I, have I cannot wait. I
2: I'm going to be there for the first time. I'm going. Oh,
0: that's I'm, that's all we needed was your voice. God, <laughs> to really get this choir going. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> that, that's
2: why I scream so ranto every single time. I'm just. I'm just building up the pipes.
0: So, um, yeah, anyway, it's December 16th. You should come and sing. We're going to be doing uh, the caroling contest coming up. We'll start that once the season is completely over. It is way too early to start hearing Christmas carols now. It's not Halloween yet. So we got plenty of time to get that going. But start thinking about your carols because uh, it's it's going to be here before you know it. Um, and... Um, TFC's this flexing cube. I've guessed got a couple of things. There's really not a lot going on, and um, I have, I have one. Okay, uh, well I, I think I've got two. So um, I'll go first. I, no, I have three actually. <laughs> so sorry, I will definitely go first. I like this. Uh, speaking of the playoffs, is Jugo stuff? I believe this was on Twitter. Uh, This was in reference to a play the other night where Altuve was supposed to touch second on his way back around, and the Astros ended up kind of – they didn't blow the game. Oh, yeah, he
3: definitely didn't tag up. That was hysterical. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and he ended up getting called out. It was a toot blend on the base pass, and uh, John Jergovan, Jergo Stuff, said, they made the bases bigger, and Altuve still couldn't touch second. (laughs) He's too small. He's, He's got the Nick Madrigal disease um okay you want to do yours
2: yeah my mind falls into the uh category of oh my god some people are just so damn stupid phillies win too fast and, and this guy says if the phillies continue to make the nlcs too easy for themselves are they then going to lose the World Series cuz they got too much rest? Oh god. We we all heard the Braves and Dodgers fans claim this as an excuse. They are practically running a scrimmage on the Diamondbacks at this point. What in the hell? Like this is what the end of season tournament has
0: given I, us.
3: It brainworms. Brain it, it's entirely brainworms. Oh.
0: Uh, listen to the Compound podcast, the Ian Happ's show the other day, and Zach
2: Short. <laughs> because Ian Happ has plenty of time to do that show.
0: <laughs> t- Terry writes in, this podcast has successfully implemented the three-man booth, unlike Marquis Sports Network.
3: It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> true. We should, we should broadcast the games. God, so,
2: damn, we would be so much better.
3: God, it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you would have no idea what's going on in the game but yeah sure
3: not a clue <laughs>
0: if you think you didn't know what was going on when boog was in there oh, oh my, my god, god. <laughs> <Right until> we <laughs>
2: All the game the tangents we could go on if we had something to look at and actually talk about like i don't know well I mean, i'd we be all know. distracted we're, by we're, somebody we're, in the
0: crowd yeah, or like yeah.
3: some ball boy doing something funny <laughs> hey,
0: look that guy's making a beer snake
3: you're like was that a sweeper I don't
2: know it's a sweeper, <laughs> I would be terrible at the pitches, oh my yeah. God, they're always like, you know so, J.D.'s in there, and he's like, yeah, that was a that was a change up, that was a curveball, that was, was a pitcher. Like, like looking at the shit, like is somebody telling him this is there is there something <laughs> missing like, so
0: so I got a a couple of slightly morbid ones. To, to kind of finish off here. Hey, it's um,
3: Halloween. We're here. For I was
0: going to say it is Halloween. Yeah. So we'll we'll start with this one. Uh, Matt Lindner, Lindner on uh, <laughs> Twitter, a good friend of uh, the show. Uh, he he, he uh, tweeted a picture of the Cubs billboard. He lives in the neighborhood, and uh, I, I don't know if you can read this, but in the on the, the board Chicago.
3: it says. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What is this? The Chicago Cubs welcome the cast of departing seniors.
0: Yeah. And he, he tweets, welcome dying old people.
3: <laughs> Are they not talking about the high school children?
0: I just don't understand. I mean, departing—it's freaking fall.
2: Like, you know, (laughs) what are we doing? Like, oh, I—I misread it, and I thought it was like a mystery, the case of the departing seniors. Oh, and
3: I thought it was like some sort
2: of like, oh, cast. No, the cast.
0: I don't know what
3: this means. I'm like, no, it says the cast, and I just misread
0: it. Yeah. Well, I mean, is was departing seniors a a play? (laughs) The cast of Departing Seniors by Noel Coward. Like, you know what I mean like I don't know we don't know so and then this is the final one I have and um this comes from Dan Nielsen's mom who sent me this uh DM on Facebook
3: oh my god Hold on! hold on hold on <laughs> Departing Seniors is a movie Oh. Says, uh, the, the tagline says, following an act of bullying, a gay Mexican-American high schooler develops psychic abilities which he must use to stop a mysterious cel- serial killer targeting his classmates.
0: Oh, what the fuck were they doing at Wrigley? <laughs> <What>?
2: Good <laughs> lord. <We just laughs> <started> that description. <laughs> I was <would> <laughs> like, how many writers were there? Everybody had an idea. Like, oh, oh my god.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sounds like something i'd write jesus why didn't i write that play <laughs> so so the final one i have is from dan, dan Nielsen's mom she uh she sent me a message uh that highlighted the the from uh, an article from uh sports Did, illustrated
2: this is the epitome of it, a message of love and doom
0: Yeah, so uh, Joan sent me this, that Joe Buck says he's done calling Network Baseball. (gasps) And she takes that as proof that Dan is handling things from above. Oh,
3: my God. We've heard our last back at the wall. It is gone.
0: I love it. It's just like, hey, Joe Buck now says he doesn't want to do baseball anymore. It's like, that's my son. (laughs) (laughs) son. (laughs) He's handling things from above. Oh man! So oh, so thanks, Dan. If it. if it was you that did it, we really appreciate it. Um, hashtag chance in the chat, and you can win the message of love and doom. Um, I this was in the the chance bag tonight, um, and it kind of got bent. It is a Larry Roth, Rothschild autographed postcard. So I have no idea where I got this, but I have it. And it's in the
3: postcard. It's,
0: it, not that that makes you want to put the hashtag chance in the chat, but uh, there's lots of great stuff in there. Uh, this was sent by Wrigleyville Bum. And oh, I put this nice. is a South Bend Cubs hat. One of a few hats he sent. Um, there is an old style koozie in here. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Um, this one made us, a, there's a, a, a Cubs luggage tag. And, um... Trying to find – oh, yeah. And this went in there. This – speaking of uh, Ricketts hanging out in 1989 with Kid Rock and the Bleachers, here <laughs> are the bins of Grace and Dunstan that they gave away at Wrigley. These are also in the bag. But look at this. This is a hefty, hefty bag. And one of the – it comes in a marquee bag, your favorite Cubs network. Um
2: Oh, these
3: favorite Cubs network after the, chance these first.
2: chance gifts brought to you by hefty, a yeah. hefty, hefty bag of chance gifts. Yep.
0: Hefty, hefty bag of chance gifts. So hashtag chance in the chat. And of all of the chance winners, this isn't you don't get this tonight if you win. This is of all the chance winners at the end of the year. You get the entire shebang, the whole enchilada. The big kahuna. Yeah. We
3: should have enchiladas on a lead on watch night.
0: We should. Um although we it, want enchiladas, if it if we're like watching tonight. if we're gonna eat Dominican food, we gotta eat Chicharron mm. and rice and beans.
3: Oh hell yeah, let's go.
0: Yeah. I, I'll I'll i get some Chicharron. I I'm gonna hang out with um yeah, I think uh Luis Luis Medina knows where to yes! get good Chicharron. I'm saying it all wrong. I I, I know better. I'm like chicharron. Ch- Isn't
2: chicharone. that his last name? Huh? Isn't that Madonna's last name? Medina? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Can you imagine if if
0: Louise married Madonna and her name was Madonna Medina? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's why you do it into the Sun Ranto show.
0: You don't get this. You get earthquakes. You get name jokes. Uh, you get Larry Rothschild autographs. You get-
3: Everybody tune in to the Lawrence <laughs> Holmes and, and um, Dave. It, yeah, which, who's Bernstein. Holmes with Dan right Bernstein, now? That's his name. Lawrence Holmes of Dan Bernstein. Bernstein,
0: Bernstein. Bernstein and Holmes.
3: Bernstein and Holmes. 10 so, a.m. on weekdays. They're my so friends.
0: <laughs> I am going to share uh, my screen here. It's got hashtag chance in the chat. And I'm going to pick it, okay? So this is your last chance to put chance. And then we're all going to hang out over on the Discord for about 45 minutes, an hour. Yeah. So here we go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come, no on
3: ladies, now. No
0: Come on It's going slower than usual. Seth Kennedy. <gasps> congratulations. Hi, By Seth. the way,
2: Hi, Seth, is that, is that a first-time win this year? I don't think it's the first time ever, but is it a first time, Seth? If you're in the chat, let us know if that's a first time win this year.
3: But well, hi, Seth. Glad you're so.
0: Went. We're gonna do a big show for Seth. Um, he's gonna be running the marathon, the New York City Marathon, actually.
3: Really? Yeah. Really? And
0: uh, in November, whenever day that is, and and what I'm thinking that we do is, yeah, Seth can't tune into this show, but. We record a show in which we talk about every single player on the 40 man roster. Oh my God. Yeah. And okay. that's the show. Like, and I think it's going to take about three hours, 315. And we just talk about every guy on the four. We break it down into like eight minute segments. Cause what would it be? Like, you get 10 minutes a guy. I don't know. There's 40 guys, 400 minutes. That's way too many minutes.
3: That's six hours.
2: I don't hours. know. There's a lot of guys you don't want to talk about, though.
3: I don't think I have <laughs> 10 minutes on some of these guys.
0: Okay, well, we'll do 20 minutes on Christopher Morel. No, we'll do an <laughs> hour on Christopher Morel, and then we'll <laughs> talk about everybody else for <laughs> and then a little
3: bit. Two hours on everyone else. In all of our lead-on talk, did I mention that the uh, Aguilas and the Tigres delise are going to be playing at a game at City Field in November?
0: Ooh, that is cool.
3: I don't remember okay. the exact date. I'll pull it up. I'll put it on the Discord. I'll talk about it next week. I don't know. Go um, see it but... with
0: Brian Salvatore. Dude,
3: oh, we're, yes, awesome I, I, I we're, we're already getting
2: uh, guest hosts jumping in. Waller wants Miles Masquerboni. Be
3: quiet, Michael. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll, we'll let you handle that Bloody one.
3: You're fetish yeah. for Miles Masquerboni. We'll I do take not a break. It.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take a little break and <laughs> we'll a break and, <laughs> and, then, and just leave Waller out there talking about what Miles <laughs> Mastroianni for 15 minutes, and then come back. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that is the show. That was fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a good time. So, gonna...
2: that was great. Great guests tonight. Yeah. Ah, uh, so much. Very, so very much cool. fun.
0: Yeah yeah so uh join the patreon patreon.com slash sunranto if you're not already you can get a week long uh it's only a dollar a month it, it, you can get a week long um it, like uh what's it called a trial a trial membership you can just sign up trial like ways um birdie says good night and go and cash Koshwar- and go Kyle war i agree i agree keep
3: yeah. crushing them baseballs kyle
0: so because it is a uh, Steve Bartman time of the year, I'm going to play damn Steve Bartman because damn him. He should know better. Stand the fuck away from the catch. You idiot. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
3: Good night, besties.
0: Spagog.
3: The dog. The dog.
0: Damn Steve Bartman, it was all his fault. Never should have
1: reached over the wall to catch the ball. Had to wait 13 years until we won it all. Damn Steve Batman, it was all his. Damn Steve Bartman, all his fault. Never should have reached over the wall to catch the ball. Had to wait 13 years until we won it all. Damn Steve Batman, it was all his fault. Yeah. Though the curse that occurred so long ago I blame Bartman sitting in the first row With a stupid drill neck and his in his head phone Some blame Olsen's office, some blame Dusty Baker I feel blame a Bartman almost 20 years later Bartman interfered with one of the toughest players Hope he's going catch you now when he goes to meet his maker Dusty Bartman, all his fault Never should have reached him the wall to catch the ball Had to wait to dreamers until we run it all Dusty Barkley, all his Gabby Barman, all his fault. Never should a picture for the catch a ball. And then we could do reason we won it all. Gabby yeah. Barman, it was all his fault. Yeah. Some fans yeah. yeah. wanna blame a New York kind but Barman, and you do what? a little so who even knew he could have made the catch That's why Batman's name is forever in the trash His name should be on a half-gallon milk carton That says missing words, come Fancy Barman If I was awarded, he'd never get a pardon If I missed you the guys, then I would give him my IR heart Why? Damn Steve Barman, all his fault Never should have reached over the world to catch a ball Had to wait 13 teamers until it went all Damn Fancy Barman, it was all his. Barman, all his fault should have reached a middle wall to catch the ball And with the team runners until they at it all